Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Homewrecker Podcast, where we wreck and shatter conventional wisdom and ways of thinking by bringing alternative viewpoints to light in an effort to not only... Every single Damn time it. you do it. Every oh. single time. You repeat it. Damn it. We Yeah, that. So it's the Homewrecker Podcast. Fuck. <laughs> no, keep it. Leave it. Ah, fine. Damn it. You want me to leave this in? Leave it. Fine, I'll leave it in. I screwed up the intro again, everybody. You know what it is? During the the intro, which on YouTube, you're not going to hear it, but because of copyright and whatnot. But for the audio podcast listeners, when we have that the, the intro song that, the you, intro music. that you put together yeah. so many years ago, that song, I, I can't remember. Who is it? The You Got Me Thinking, whatever, whoever that, who is that? It's, is that is in it Vogue? Heavy D? No, is that it's, who it's, it is? It's okay. Heavy D. The that, that, you got me thinking. Yeah, that. Yeah. And like the 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 bass. Yeah. It just kind of with the headphones that we're wearing, it just kind of it was so loud in my ears, and it just kind of it got me kind of almost grooving for a second, oh, and that's all I was thinking about. I love the mix that I made. I don't care if people think I'm pompous. Yeah. I have so much fun, like. Because YouTube, we haven't been doing a lot of video just because it's easier to put the audio out. And we can't put the music on YouTube, but like I dance and I sing and I have so much fun with the intro music. So I guess, yeah, the pressure is on you. I'll give you that to kind of get out of that. It's not pressure. It's just whatever. The, the, the responsibility <laughs> I, is on I, you. I guess. So I screwed it up. I apologize. Okay. I, even, I, still I think I even you. let a little F-bomb slip there. I, I apologize to everybody for that. Anyway, I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. And I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique. Hello. How are you, I'm, my lady? I am awesome. How Good. are you? I'm fantastic, as always. So if you're listening to us for the first time, we just, we, we're, we're a married couple. We just like to sit and talk about different things that interest us, that pique our curiosity, and, and that we're interested in, that can range from professional wrestling mm-hmm. to movies to... Conspiracy, conspiracy theories. theories to paranormal stuff, all kinds of different everything. stuff. Yeah. And so homesteading, like everything, you name it. Yeah. We, we run the gamut just like I said, anything that interests us. And so last episode that we did a couple weeks back, we talked about the Vince McMahon lawsuit, the, the big lawsuit that came out there that resulted in Vince McMahon resigning from TKO and and his chairman of the boardship or whatever it was called whatever he was there he he was essentially he's the guy that started the WWE or WWF and there's been a little update since uh, we we last recorded yeah about two weeks ago right and so figure we'll we'll talk about that just real brief yeah uh, just a quick update yeah just a quick update in a minute but before we get into that and we get into the rest of our show. Is there anything new going on with you? Yes, there is. Okay, let's hear it. 
So I've, for years, I've been attempting to do a TikTok account to promote my hypnotherapy, my Organite, Tarot, everything. And I finally got around to making a TikTok account and actually putting stuff out on it. So if you are on TikTok, you can now follow me. It is at Monique Pliakis. And I put on their tarot readings. I do videos of my Organite because it shows the detail a lot better than pictures really can. I post stuff about my baking and pretty much like anything going on in my life, I'm going to post about it. So, you know, I've been really into making sourdough, everything, bread, cookies. Yes. <laughs> Just so much different sourdough stuff. I made yesterday and baked it today, chocolate sourdough bread. And it was amazing. It was very good. It was. So on TikTok, I'll be putting a lot of stuff out there, a lot of content. And if you're on it, please find me, please follow me. And of course, if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can schedule a free 20 minute consult with me. Go to innerstandingshypnosis.com. And on my website, you can also get digital downloads for a fraction of the cost. So you can check that out. And if you're interested in buying any of my organite candles, incense, crystals, or if you want a tarot or oracle reading, Go to tarotbymonique.com and you can buy everything online or set up an appointment with me. All right. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? Anything going on with you? Yeah, I'm eating all of your sourdough stuff. <laughs> so my waistline is furious. <laughs> my waistline is furious. <laughs> Other guys quote. Aside, no, I, I, aside from that, uh, just not, nothing really crazy new. Just uh, working out again with, with some weights which I had had been kind of refraining from just because little various issues with my neck and stuff like that. But I started working out with weights again, and I'm doing back to doing that heavy duty training that I talked about so many years ago on this podcast. The yeah. the Mike Menser uh, high intensity training. Uh, that's what I started doing again. So I'm feeling pretty good. And I I found out our th- we we have this this great home gym downstairs in our basement, and the the it's like a power rack, which anybody that's familiar with weightlifting or weight training, it, this this thing it's it's uh, made by Force USA. It's the G12, and it's got two weight stacks, so you can do all kinds of different cable exercises and things. And you can also it also has a built-in Smith machine bar, so you can do Smith machine stuff, and which is great, especially the older you get. The more injuries you get and the wear and tear in your joints, stuff like that. So it's it's really great and helpful for me. And it came with a attachment for a leg press. And I have not done leg press in probably 15 years. And when I first got the gym, whatever it was, two, three years ago, I tried the, the leg press attachment. I couldn't figure out how to use the darn thing. There was no instruction manual. There's no video online, nothing. Could not figure out how to do it because you, you, I didn't. I didn't realize you just basically what you do is you lay on the floor and just press up that way. So I finally figured out that that's how you use the darn thing, and I was able to do leg press for the first time the other day. My legs are killing me that's today, awesome. by the way. But yeah, it was just uh, this. This <laughs> just crazy stuff. I was gonna say these I are the simple things that that uh, that I do and and that keep me going. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think we've done leg presses since we had a gym membership. 
because yeah, we've had was, a home gym a for a long time ago. Yeah. We stopped using the gym once we got our house and built a gym in it. So it's been many a years. Yeah. Cause that was the one thing I, when we were looking for a house said, we need a house with a basement because I'm getting a home gym. Mm-hmm. Where I'm, I'm going to work out at home. I hate going, I hated going to the gym. I didn't like dealing with all the people there that, that were obnoxious, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and by all accounts, it's only gotten worse in gyms because now, especially the last 10 years or so with the proliferation of cell phones and people taking videos oh, yeah. and selfies and blah, blah. It's like, geez, I would be, I, I would, I don't think I'd make it very long in a gym if I, if I was still having to go there. So, but anyway, yeah, that, nah, aside from that, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to get myself back in some decent shape because I've been eating too much of your sourdough. I'm sorry. So. But I will say sourdough yeah. is so much better for you than regular bread because of the fermentation. Oh, and I just started making, uh, what is it? Kombucha? Am I saying it right? Kombucha? Kombucha. I think that's Kombucha? how you say it. Is that it? I don't know. I, I have a friend who makes it and Apolo- brought me- Apologies s- if, we, if we're saying that Yeah. Wrong. Gave me some SCOBY and some of his to like make my own. I'm like, I've never done it. I've never had it, but I'm sure as well going to try. So it is in a giant one gallon glass jar fermenting as we speak. Tremendous. Yeah. And I, I just want to put it out there because- if, if anyone it listens is into sourdough, I got, I've been doing my sourdough starter. I made it from scratch and I've now up to a one gallon glass jar to store it in. And I started calling it my precious because I make so much sourdough yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's my precious. And I talked to her and yeah, I love her. You're weird. I don't care. I mean, anyone who's been listening to us for what, almost five years now, if you're still listening to us, you know I'm weird. So. All right. I admit it. I own it. Let's move on from your weirdness now. Okay, moving on. And we'll get to the update on the Vince McMahon stuff. So the the only real thing of note, and I, I honestly can't remember if we, if it came out right after we recorded or anyway. The, the other gentleman that was named in the lawsuit, John Laurinaitis. I say gentleman. I use that yes. term very loosely. But the other man who was named in the lawsuit has come out. He basically threw Vince under the bus. Did we talk about I think this? we did. We did. I'm the okay. victim here. I'm the victim here, too. He's calling himself a victim, yeah. too. Exactly. Well, there was some new information that came out about a... Uh, unfortunately, a, a former employee of the WWE, a former female wrestler named Ashley Massaro. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a story that I heard many years ago, yeah. but it's back in the news again recently. Essentially, what happened was she was on an overseas tour. One of the tours that WWE was doing about a decade or so ago when they would go and visit the troops in, in Afghanistan. They went to the, wherever, out in the Middle East, where when we were in the conflict, whatever conflict we were in at the time. And the WWE would go out there and do shows for the troops. They'd call it tribute to the troops. And uh, uh, she allegedly was drugged and raped by a military doctor, I believe is what the her her story was. And she let officials know, like officials meaning she let like the WWE know, like Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and they told her not to say anything because they, 
they don't want to ruin all the good work that they've done with the troops by bringing this incident to light. This poor woman was drugged, raped, she was sodomized, like violated to the extreme, and that's what they said to her. Don't say anything. We don't want to ruin anything with the with the with all the work we've done here. Like, come on. Like, that's just so wrong. And it's so hard. And we talked about this last time. It's so hard for so many women, or, or even men, but so many people who have been sexually violated. It is so difficult to come forward and speak up because it's embarrassing. It's uncomfortable. There's so much stigma attached. And well, she came right out and so the right away, right she after came it happened, out yeah. right away. And for that to be the reaction, now this is all alleged. Keep in mind, but if that's well, the re- she it's alleged, but it has come out since she she was part of a lawsuit that was filed against the WWE many years ago, and she produced an affidavit, a sworn affidavit. Under penalty of perjury, all you know, all that stuff that goes into that, where she detailed everything that was said to her, that was done to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie McMahon at the time went and spoke with her and talked with her. So they, they, everybody there knew about it, but the WWE came out publicly and denied that they ever knew about this. And that's criminal. Which is just so wrong. So, yeah, it was a. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and if that if that's true, if she came out, she made these allegations, and they denied even being told, even though they were, everyone should be facing criminal charges who was involved with that. Everybody. Well, I, I don't know. That's just my personal I, opinion. I don't know the legalities of that. I don't I think you can but charge like, somebody with a crime. For, because what do you do? You're I, in, I don't know. Where were they? Iraq, Afghanistan, like I, wherever I they were? I don't know if it was, I'm not sure the country. But I, you're I in a different country. It's not like you're here and you can call 911 and call the police to say that that happened. You are in a foreign country on a military base. And supposedly the military when they were finally made aware of these accusations, which was not immediately, it was, I think, almost 10 years after the fact, they were made aware of the allegations and they they said that they did an investigation. Nobody knows what the results of that investigation were. Again, no, her uh, uh, alleged uh, attacker, uh, rapist, whatever you want to call him, was never named, at least mm-hmm. not, uh, because maybe she may not have known his name. Yeah. Who knows? It, she, it was a doctor, a military doctor mm-hmm. or something. So, yeah, it's pretty messed up. But And Ashley went on to kill herself. Correct. And she was she, a mom, too. Yes, she had a kid. Yes. But in her affidavit, she also detailed different things that Vince McMahon would say to her, different times where he'd try to get her to... Uh, go to his hotel room and things like that. She uh, essentially, she said that when she first started with the company, she, he wasn't really showing an interest in her at all for whatever reason. And she, she was fine with that. She didn't care, but she posed for playboy. And when her playboy issue came out, that's when he started looking at her and giving her a lot of attention. And she said that she had seen him and witnessed him in the locker room, making out with various divas is what they called them at the time the the female wrestlers and that he would 
after she was in Playboy, she would, I guess, she would ride on the private jet to and from certain events. They they would invite her to, to fly on the jet, and she would always take them up on it because it would allow her to be home faster so she could spend more time with her daughter, which is admirable, I, I, I think. And, and anybody in their right mind would take somebody up on that offer because if you have to go drive to the next town or drive to, you know, go to the airport and wait and make connecting flights and this and that, or you can hop on a private jet and get home. What are you going to do? You know? So she was doing that for a while. And then Vince started slowly trying to get with her in, in whatever so wait, ways. Are you and saying it's, it's almost sounds like there's a pattern of behavior. Yeah, obviously. But so I guess she, uh, Vince called her and tried to get her to come into his room or him go Was to her at the room, hotel or something, something like that. And what she she got off the phone and, imme- and immediately called Kevin Dunn, who I think we spoke about in our last episode, who was like the head of production, TV production. So basically Vince is like number two and said to him, hey, I, I'm very uncomfortable with this. I don't want to. This is this is weird. I don't want to do this, whatever. And Kevin Dunn said to her, just call him back and tell him you're feeling sick. That's all you have to do. So he had this ready explanation because obviously he knows the kind of guy Vince is and the mm-hmm. Vince's. So he knows what to say to Vince to get him to back off. She did it. Nothing happened. But basically after that, she would go to TV and her promos, her interview segments and things like that that she was handed were written personally by Vince. And according to her, it was all to ruin her career from that point forward. After she said she was sick and didn't want to do anything with him, essentially shutting him down. He took it upon himself to write all of her promos. And the, the one story that she gives is that she came into TV, got a script went to the head of WWE creative at the time, Michael P.S. Hayes. And Michael Hayes looks at her and goes, who, who wrote this? You're not saying this on TV. And she said, well, Vince wrote it. And he just kind of stopped. He looked at her and he said, well, them's the breaks, kid. And that was it. That was essentially soon after that, she was done. She was gone. Yeah. So pretty sad. But those details just came out recently. And they, they've been reported in a bunch of different outlets. So absolutely awful. Pretty, pretty bad stuff. And I'm sure that, again, more of this, more of these type of stories are going to come out. More people are going to come forward eventually, as usually tends to happen in situations like this, which I think is a good thing. This kind of stuff should not be tolerated, especially in the workplace. Obviously. Like... Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that it's happening. So, anyway, moving on from that, I tell you what. Uh, before we go and get into the second half of the show, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, what we are going to talk about, though, is something that is infuriating to me. Oh my goodness, yes. And I tr- I've been trying my best, and I'm going to try to maintain my composure <laughs> during this episode. But it's going to be tough. Yeah, he gets fired up. It's going to be tough. I'm going to get very fired up. I'm going to try my best to keep to keep my cool. But when we come back, we are going to talk about 
turmeric and how it's not all it's cracked up to be. We'll be right back. Hey, you. Yes, you. Are you looking for a new podcast that appeals to your scientific curiosity, but is also a little bit spooky? Show me how I died in a past life. Well, look no further, because this cat is where it's at. He had concerns about the ethics surrounding AI, feeling they had achieved consciousness. Curious Cat Podcast examines the shadowy space where science and the supernatural collide. Listen every week with your host, Jennifer Holtz, as she and her guests explore what it means to be a soul in a meat suit. We were healing karma together. They were all kind of predestined to, to resolve something. Listen on all your favorite streaming apps and continue the conversation on Twitter at CuriousCatPodCA or find Jennifer and all her links at Jennifer L. Hotes, spelled H-O-T-E-S dot com. All right. Now we're going to get into it. So I'm sure anybody, uh, most people listening have heard of turmeric, have maybe tried it. Have curcumin. A, a curcumin, turmeric, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, essentially, it's a spice. And it, Plant. It has been touted for its health benefits, for its benefits with helping. It, it basically, people take it for its anti-inflammatory properties, its purported effects on helping people with degenerative arthritis is another one. But the big one was inflammation. That was the big one. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say it, it's also uh, noted as having properties as an antioxidant and can help aid in liver function and whoa, help. Whoa, 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 whoa. The claims are that it can do this. We have to make yes. sure we're okay. saying that. The claims that it can help dissolve and prevent gallstones. It has a alleged potent ability to reduce information, inflammation and ease chronic pain and making it useful for treating arthritis as well as a number of chronic infl- inf- inflammatory diseases. And it's noted in, in one of the herbal medicinal books that I have, it's one of the few anti-inflammatories that cross the blood-brain barrier and studies show its effect for inflammation-induced depression. So there's a lot of great things that... Sounds like a great miracle yeah. type of thing, right? Yes. Well, what what would you do if I told you that the gentleman who goes by the name of Bharat B. Agarwal, an Indian-American biochemist, what would, what would you do if I told you that all of his research that focused on turmeric or curcumin was uh, false. When you told me this, what would you do? When you told me this, I was 50% shocked and 50% like not surprised at all. I should not have been as surprised and as upset and angry as I was, (laughs) but I was so fired up and so angry. And I went and I did a bunch of research and I'm like, no, this can't be right. This can't. Oh yeah, it's right. It's right. And it made me go down a rabbit hole. Yes. And now I, I've always questioned everything, but now I'm really questioning yeah. 
everything. And I just want to say, I mean, for years now, I've been studying herbal medicine more so as a hobby and just for our family. So I know what plants we can use instead of, you know, having to go to the store and buy stuff instead of because we don't trust big pharma. And I just thought about how even our naturopath recommended when we were seeing her turmeric. And again, this is because all this, all this information was based off of his study. So I'll let you get into that. <sighs> okay. So why don't you tell everyone what you found okay. out? So I found out basically that all this, all the research and all these claims that have been made and, and there are hundreds of studies that have been done about turmeric, curcumin, there, there have been so many studies done and every one of them used this guy's study and research as the basis of their research, taking his claims that he claimed and using them as the basis of their studies. So every single study that was ever done after this guy came out and made the claims that he made and got published, everything has got to be called into question and essentially is false because it was all done under false pretense mm -hmm. unknowingly by most of these researchers. And I just want to point out if people are confused between turmeric and curcumin, it's because the Latin name is curcuma longa and that's where they get curcumin from, I believe. So that's why, you know, you hear turmeric, you hear curcumin. It's basically the same thing. So this gentleman if, no, no, no. He doesn't get gentlemen. Okay. This guy. This liar. This guy. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Bharat B. Agarwal. I'm going to call him just Agarwal from now on. Again, an <laughs> Indian American biochemist. He worked at MD Anderson Cancer Center from 1989 to 2015, and his research focused on potential anti-cancer effects and therapeutic, therapeutic excuse me, applications of herbs and spices. He was particularly drawn to curcumin and it, I mean, essentially because it's been a staple of Ayurvedic systems of medicine for forever, for the longest time. Now, between the, the years of 1994 and 2020, he authored more than 120 articles about the compound. He made all kinds of claims about curcumin, saying that it had potential for a variety of diseases, including cancer, Alzheimer's disease, and more recently, I hate even saying it, but COVID-19. I hate even saying that because it's such a, such a work. Such a work. Anyway. Everything In his work, 2011 honey. book, Healing Spices, How to Use 50 Everyday and Exotic Spices to Boost Health and Beat Disease, Agarwal recommended taking a daily 500 milligram curcumin supplement for general health. So... Essentially, what happened was this guy falsified all of his research and all of his studies. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can all look for yourself. Well, several links, I should say. And yeah, every, it was, he's a fraud. Essentially, he's a fraud. Yeah. And as late as 2022, he still it was giving talks and speeches about curcumin and, and these alleged things that he discovered which he made up and was using research he was quoting and showing people during his presentation 
papers and quotes from papers that he had to retract. Now, there is a site that I discovered during all this research, doing all this research, excuse me, called retractionwatch.com, where they track retractions that scientists make because they're, they either get outed as frauds or they falsified research or whatever, whatever they did, but they have to retract. This guy, whatever his name is, I... Agarwal? The guy. Agarwal. In my head. At Agarwal. He's number 25 on the retraction watch leaderboard. Mm. <laughs> they have a retraction watch leaderboard. He's number 25. So he's had 30 papers that have had to be retracted wow. because they were essentially BS. Again, I'm trying to watch my language. So it it and and I so I see this thing and I started looking at some of the other people that are on here. The 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 number one guy has got 194 retractions that he's had to make papers that he had to retract. People, these are published papers that these scientists, doctors, whatever researchers. Hey, you got to trust the science. Come on, trust the science, or as we like to say, trust the money trail. Yeah, trust the science. Right, exactly. So, yeah, this guy, basically, this made me realize that all of these people, all of them, every single one of them, can't trust anything anybody says anymore. Well, you never could anyway, but this one, I don't know why this one just went up my butt so bad. Because it's a quote-unquote so natural bad. medicine. So bad, this one. And this guy, like I said, he's still going out and saying all these things after he's been caught. After he's been caught, he still goes out, gives presentations, and writes books and whatever else, and gets papers published. It's insane. Where's the accountability? There isn't any. And while going and doing more digging and everything, I found out there was a, just recently, actually, a couple of days ago, there was a, they call it a paper mill in India. And what this this paper mill did was... If you were a researcher, a scientist, a doctor, and you needed a paper published about something, you would go to this paper mill. They had people on staff that would write a paper for you if you were too busy or just didn't want to do it or whatever. They'd write a paper for you and get it published in scientific journals, scientific magazines, peer-reviewed journals, all these peer-reviewed studies and things that pe- the doctors that everybody goes to to get treatment for stuff. They're looking at these papers. They're looking at these magazines, these journals, these scientific publications. This is where they're getting all their data and their information from. Which in it in itself is very concerning. But then when you realize that other quote unquote scientists are basing their studies off of those studies, they're basing their research off of that falsified research. It basically, like where we are right now with turmeric is we have to go back to ground zero. We have to go back to basics because you can't trust anything that's come out. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's, and, it's, all, it's all based on lies. And we all know about the placebo effect. You can be given something and think, oh, this is helping me. I feel great. Sure. How much of whatever was touted was due to placebo effect? Our minds are so powerful. I... 
you, I mean, as a hypnotherapist, I can attest to how powerful our minds are and what our minds can do for ourselves. But when you have these people who just, you know, are like, oh yeah, you know, taking this, I feel good. I, I said to Alex before, when we were on it, I couldn't tell if the turmeric was helping me. We were on other supplements. We were on other natural herbs to help stuff that, you know, we individually were dealing with, like my Lyme disease, adrenals, all these different things. Could I tell if that alone was working? No, I just figured, okay, it must be doing something. It was hard to tell, but you hold faith in what the doctors say, even naturopaths, but even the most well-intentioned doctors and naturopaths, if they're given falsified information, how do they know? And that's really scary. That's the, that's the troubling thing. That's the scary thing. And when I read about this paper mill, mm-hmm. the whole thing with this paper mill was they had a reputation because they had ins at all the different scientific journals and peer-reviewed paper papers and wh- wherever they, they publish all this stuff, mm-hmm. they had ins. So they were used because you were essentially guaranteed to get published if you paid for their service. Which is just freaking crazy. Yeah. And if history hasn't already shown us, we can't trust everything we're told. I hope everyone listening realizes, if you haven't already, you realize now that just because it's in a paper, just because doctors or scientists say it so, doesn't mean it's true. That mill is proof of it. It's, It's absolutely insane. And so... I figured we got to talk about it. Yeah. We got to talk about it. And, and I mean, I don't really know, <laughs> I, without just going off on a, a huge tangent, it's it's scary. Mm-hmm. It, this, this stuff, it's scary that this happened, that this continues to happen. And after this guy gets outed, this, the, this Ayur Agarwal, whatever his name is, after he gets outed, there's still people that are, there are right now currently over 400 studies going on about turmeric and its its effects and in different cases for different things. And again, they're using this guy's research. They're all going on the basis of what this guy said being true. No. Even though he's been outed now, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. People are still, because again, you have to look at who's funding the study. Is it a pharmaceutical company? Is it a, a who's funding it? Mm-hmm. What result do they want? And that's essentially what science, and I'm putting my fingers up in quotes, science, that's what it's turned into. It's not, there's really very few true scientists out there anymore. It's all just, okay, what result do they want and how can we get it for them? That's, that's essentially what it's turned into. I used to work in human medicine and veterinary medicine. And there was always the pharmaceutical reps who would come to the office. They would bring us candy. They would bring us treats, like stuff from nice bakeries. Because if your product's really that good, why do you have to bring us that stuff, right? That's something I always thought. And the doctors, the doctors got to go on trips. Like they would offer doctors trips to Hawaii, Florida, go golfing, go basically on vacation and just listen about their product. And again, if it was really that good, you wouldn't have to bribe people with it. But they look at it, oh, the perks of being in medicine. And it's such a sham. It is such a sham. We, we've known for a long time that all that kind of stuff, how that is. But again, the, I think the reason this one hit me so hard is because when you, when you see and you, and you 
you, you hear these claims, you read these claims or, or you, you see a naturopath, for example, like mm-hmm. we did. And there's, they're touting the benefits of these, these particular things. Where did they get their information from? They're trusting their sources and their resources, but it's sad. But unless you're because doing all of this was based off of false information, right? And I wanted I wanted to ask you: wasn't something that this guy allegedly claimed was be, like he put in his findings how it helps like increase your life, or it did something because the turmeric grows, I guess, most commonly in India. Right. And he based it off of like the Indian, the people of India and how they live and what their lifestyle is like. And without any actual scientific proof, he just said, oh, yeah, it has all these benefits because people in India use it and look at them. Right. OK. Yeah. He just and and essentially. Yeah. And essentially he got outed that he just made it up. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just what I heard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's now how we're how we're publishing research papers and, and studies. Oh, I just heard this. Heard so I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it in my paper and we make these claims. What? <laughs> it's really scary. I just thought, and how does it not become a game of telephone? Oh, well I heard this. And then somebody, Oh, I heard this and it mutates into who knows what. It's really scary. If you're listening to this and you're not afraid and I'm not trying to put you in a fear mode, but if you're not afraid for the things that could happen, if you don't do your own research, uh, you you get your head in the sand. I think like you, it it just comes down to accountability. And at the end of the day, you got to be accountable for yourself and do your own research. We've been saying that for over five years now with our show. Yeah. I heard a while back from a, a friend of mine who was in medicine mm-hmm. and he told me if you want accurate information, you have to get printed books about whatever you're looking for. Anything pre-1940 mm-hmm. is typically, for the most part, accurate. Anything after that has been tainted by money essentially yeah. big pharma claims and things like that and and all these different essentially what it is is this marketing that these companies do if you look at even with these supplements these these health supplements and things like that you know you can get a, a really good paying job if you're a good decent writer making up claims and things like that to sell products why not yeah and and the way they get around everything is they say it may help with this it can help with this. Yeah. If you say it will, no, it to. does this. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all these different this this all this different phraseology yeah. that's used that they and and that's how they get around getting sued. That's how they get around making certain claims that the FDA so the FDA can't shut supplement companies down. Yeah. This is how they word things. And, so and that I will say that's something that I had to do with my organite and you know selling crystals when I had a thing on Etsy and even on my website you have to put those disclaimers out there because if I say these like these crystals are known for they have these metaphysical properties it's like somebody could turn around and sue me I can get in trouble so yes those those do have to be said in a way but when it's coming from the actual like medicine itself, like the people writing about it, if you don't know, I don't know. It's just like 
that should be, it's true or it's not true. I don't know. Like metaphysical stuff, you can kind of argue, but this physical stuff, yes or no, it works or it doesn't. And that's why I have, I've been studying plant medicine for years. I have many different books on plant medicine and there are the plants that have been used for centuries that have been proven time and time again to be effective. And of course, new stuff comes out on different plants. But now I have to question it all. Who discovered that it works this way? Was it somebody like, oh, you know, I had this going on. I took this and it worked. And then they did studies based off of that. Or is it somebody who went to the paper mill and they had a a paper published? Like, okay, what can we trust? So I look at it like I'm going back to basics, you know, Chinese medicine, uh, plants Native Americans used, plants that our ancestors have used for centuries. This stuff is shown to work. That's what I'm going with. You, you kind of have to. It's it's the same thing with with food that you eat. Oh yeah. You you don't if you go out to eat unless you know where the food came from, unless you watch the the chef prepare it or whatever. Like you don't know what you're eating. You have no idea. So that's why essentially that's why I stopped going out to eat. I won't yeah. go out to eat anymore because I don't trust anything anymore. And, and that's and why I feel healthier since yeah. then. <laughs> I feel and much healthier. We're basically working, especially now that, you know, we have chickens, we have eggs. I'm making so much stuff with sourdough, which is better for your gut. And I'm just like, I I grow food in the garden and I just want to try to make as much of what we eat something that we've made ourselves. We know where it comes from. And it goes back to, you mentioned all these supplements, People are taking so many different supplements, but I think that if you focus on what you eat, what you put into your body and what you put on your body, because we've talked about it before, Sun Beautiful Sun, that episode about like sunscreen, the stuff your skin absorbs affects you as well. So look at what you're eating, what you're putting in your body and what you're putting on your body. And that goes for shampoo and makeup and everything. What is it? And how is that going to affect you? If you are having any issues and you're on supplements, start with your diet and start with the products you use on your skin. Deodorant, body spray, Remember, perfumes. My, my wife is not a doctor. So no. Th- these, these statements she's making are for entertainment purposes only. Thank you. Had to get that disclaimer <laughs> in there. But it's just basic common sense. Look at what you're putting in and on your body. And if there's a lot of crap in it, then that's going to affect you. And that could be why you might need supplements as well. Just a thought. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert. I'm just somebody who tries to exercise common sense. That's all. There you have it. So again, in my my research quest here, my my little dive down this little rabbit hole, Mm. I came across a uh, an essay that somebody wrote, a gentleman by the name of John P. A. Ionitis. Uh, looks like a Greek name. I'm just going to read the summary of his paper, but I will put a link in the show notes to the paper itself. It's very, very interesting. It's a it's a pretty good read, and uh, essentially, it's called uh, well, the, the essay is titled "Why Most Published Research Findings Are False." So I'm just going to read the summary and then. Please feel free, click on the show notes and, and, and take a look at the entire paper for yourself. It's very good. 
There is increasing concern that most current published research findings are false. The probability that a research claim is true may depend on study power and bias, the number of other studies on the same question, and, importantly, the ratio of true to no relationships among the relationships probed in each scientific field. In this framework, a research finding is less likely to be true when the studies conducted in a field are smaller, when effect sizes are smaller, when there is a greater number and lesser pre-selection of tested relationships, where there is greater flexibility in designs, definitions, outcomes, and analytical modes, when there is greater financial and other interest and prejudice, and when more issues, or excuse me, when more teams are involved in a scientific field in chase of statistical significance. Simulations show that for most study designs and settings, it is more likely for a research claim to be false than true. Moreover, for many current scientific fields, claimed research findings may often be simply accurate measures of the prevailing bias. And in this essay, I discuss the implications of these problems for the conduct and interpretation of research. Wow, my eyes are going on me. I, I read a word that was not even the word. Holy cow. I apologize. Usually I have the same problem with reading words, but it's not my eyes. It's my brain. Messing yeah, my up. eyes, especially the last couple months, my eyes are just, wow. I don't know what's going on with me here. So that's that paper. I, I I was leaving it open for you to comment if you had anything to say. But essentially, yeah, most why most published research findings are false. This guy goes through it and he details it in this in this essay, and it's 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 very good. It's a very uh, very it's, detailed. It's not that long read. either. It's it's really not. But he he details everything and and it's he's got references and, and the whole nine. So it's it's very well done and very well thought out. But it's true. Most of this stuff is false. Yet, society takes all these things as the as the gospel truth, mm-hmm. and it's so. It's I wanna, just not. I, I want to ask you a question. This is just what do you think? Sure. Do you think society is just too trusting of the people we put or we allow to be in charge, so to speak? The people who get titles like doctor scientist, politician, whatever it might be. Are we too trusting of them? Do we put too much faith in them? Or could it be that most people just don't want to do the work themselves? So they say, okay, you know what, you tell me what, and it obviously can't be that bad because if, if whatever you tell me and tell everyone else kills us all, then you wouldn't be in business anymore. Like, do you think it's some kind of compromise or is it somewhere in between? Uh, I think it's more the second one because as you were saying that, I was formulating my answer. And as you're speaking, I'm like, well, you're pretty much giving my answer. I think I think that humans, for the most part, especially these last 50, 60 years with the advent of all this technology and the convenience of things, we've become soft as a species. We've become soft, whether that's by design or not. That's that's up for debate. And I personally think it's by design because you have a certain a group of people that will want to be in control of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. 
right? The they, them, whatever you want to call it. But I, I feel like, yeah, we, we have been led to this state that we're in now where we are. It's not that we're too trusting. It's that we just don't know any better. And unfortunately, it's because we are weak. We're soft. We don't want to do anything for ourselves anymore. And why Why do you want to go out and grow your own food when you just go to the grocery store? Oh, absolutely. Why? I feel like we have been conditioned. You're Exactly. Yes. You're conditioned. You've think been brought to this state. And you, think about how do you domesticate a wild animal? It takes generations of that breed it takes a long time and what does our public education system do it indoctrinates the children of course it teaches them what to think not how to think and i really think going back to the early 1900s that's when a lot of this started coming sure. in place and that's why they made it seem like a convenience at first you don't have to bake your own bread you can buy it at the store now you can think of all the time you can save by not having to do all this hard work anymore because other people are doing it for you. And there's and something you just to, have to pay a little more for it. Sure. But and, and not to cut you off, but there's something to be said for these advances and yeah. these conveniences, of course. I just I think that we went so but, far. But exactly. What happens instead <laughs> so of taking that, that extra time and spending it with family and bettering ourselves in different ways? What have we evolved into? People have their heads stuck and glued onto screens, the TV, the phone, the tablet, the laptop. And now aren't there like Apple goggles or something, something like that? that? I saw and I just yeah. went, oh my. And it's, it's like, we're doomed. It's almost like we overcorrected and we just wanted like people in general go into the zombie mode and part of it is our own fault overcorrected we, yeah what it's like we, we went from working so hard to like it's like wally <laughs> you know we just want to sit oh, there yeah, in our screens yeah. and you know we were led that way in a sense but we also allowed it to happen so now we kind of have to go back and that's something that i feel alex you and i have been working on is educating ourselves Myself, I want to learn about plant medicine. I want to learn about the more natural ways to heal our body, being plant medicine, mind medicine, and growing our own food, getting chickens, and putting the work in to get our own eggs, educating our children the way we feel is correct, and you know, putting that extra work in making a lot of our own food. Yes, it does take up time, but we are able to do it I talk to my kids about what I'm doing. I get them involved. Even Alex, you work out and you'll have the kids come down and you teach them and you get them involved. And we try to find ways to spend time as a family, even though we're doing this hard work. And that's our balance. That is one way that we try to bring that balance of hard work and leisure and, and family time together. Absolutely. And I see you and just how much you've taken on and all the different things that you're doing and, and learning about. And it's, you're so happy doing it. I love it. it. You're I so love it. happy doing it. And you, like, you'll come, like the other day you came over, I was, I, I think I was giving one of the kids a haircut or something and you came over and you were so, you were like giddy, jumping up and down excited about this thing that you learned and that you can't wait to try. And I'm just like... <laughs> And I'm looking at you, give me like this whole lesson on it. And I'm like, I'm trying, can this wait? I'm trying to finish cutting his hair. Can you tell me in a few minutes 
and you were so excited. And but that that's awesome. Like that's how everything should be. You should be excited yeah, to learn. I'm, you should be excited to try new things. Are you going to fail? Of course. But that's like part of the fun, failing but, and, and figuring out what I do wrong. And how I, can I do it better yeah, next time? And I want to say like part of, we came out here because we wanted to grow our own, our own food. We wanted to get chickens. And I don't care if this sounds silly or crazy, but for the longest time, sourdough was very intimidating to me because somebody would give you a starter. It's like, oh, I have to feed it. I I can't even remember to do certain things in general without adding it to my calendar. Uh, I don't know if I can do this. And so I decided I'm going to make my own sourdough starter because I've been wanting to do it. I can't just say, well, I'm intimidated by it, so I can't do it. So I made my own sourdough starter I put the work in, I put the love in, and it came out awesome. And because of that, I took something that I was intimidated of doing because I didn't want to mess it up because I was afraid I might not do it right. And it, it sometimes people just overcomplicate things. And it wasn't that complicated. And it taught me that other things that I want to do don't be intimidated by it. Just go for it. So that's why I'm like, yeah, like I focused on my garden. You know, I'm only planning certain things this year and I want to focus on what we eat and how to incorporate that into growing it so we can make, get a lot of it and can it and save it throughout the year. And it helped me get more focused. And yes, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of preparation. There's a lot that goes into it, but it's so worth it. And I love doing it. And I think a lot of people lately, especially over the past few years, have been finding out doing things for themselves is worth it. It's rewarding. It absolutely is. That's, that's out, the best word for it. I'm outside picking up chicken crap, cleaning their coop and their run. I love it. I'm outside. I'm with my ladies, my chicky girls, and I enjoy it. And part of that's my personality. I make the best out of everything, but I truly enjoy every aspect of it. So to kind of circle back to, you know, trusting people, we have to start trusting ourselves more. That's, that's the answer. That's the answer. You want to know what you're eating? Well, Either grow the food yourself or raise the raise the livestock yeah. yourself, whatever it is, do it yourself because then you know what you're getting and for I do, sure. I want to say years ago when we would go to the supermarket and read all the ingredients and everything, I actually had like people, I had a woman make fun of me. Were you there that day when the lady commented like basically mocking me for reading the ingredients in the aisle? I can't remember. But I've had people make comments, like snide little comments about me because I'm standing there reading everything. I don't care because, you know, I don't care what you think. I'm going to be mindful of what I put in my body. But now, just last week, I went to the supermarket and I noticed more and more people are reading the labels. They're asking questions. And that's awesome. And that's, I think... It shows like we're getting there. We're on a healthy roll. So when we have people like this putting out fake research to say that this is good for you or this is bad for you, you can just stop and say, okay, well, what can I take from my personal history? Have I had this before? How did it affect me? Is it something because someone says it's good, I feel I have to start taking If we go back to basics, if we start by, you know, again, my personal opinion, but I think if we start by what we put in and on our body and kind of just build a base from there, 
okay, now what do we need? Some people, they might need more iron. Some people, they might have issues with their lymph nodes or thyroid. Everybody is different. We all have different needs. And that's why it's so important to not let people, you know, tell you what's good for you. Find out what's good for you yourself. See what you need and be mindful that you can't always trust the science, but you sure as hell can trust the money trail. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got to get better collectively. I think everybody, collectively and individually, Mm -hmm. we need to get better at trusting ourselves. Yeah. What are what are we feeling? What are we thinking? What are that? That's what you. I think that's what we need to go back to. And I think, like you said, we're slowly, hopefully, starting to make that that turn and that that the find our way back to that. Yeah. Bringing back the balance. That's it. That's one step at a time. So I, I've, I didn't vent nearly as much as I thought I was going to. I didn't, I think I, I avoided swearing and cussing. I tried not to. I, like I said, I'm trying to be better about that. Just, just for these shows, just because I know that there's, there's people that have children that are listening and I try not to let my kids hear me swear. I, I fail a lot, but I try my best and I just want to make sure I'm, I'm, for for what we put out there, I want to I want to give something good and and yeah, that's did, why I'm trying. Did I ever tell you about my swearing as a kid? Like no, I don't think so. So when I was a kid, remind me. I I would swear. I I I cuss a lot, and as a kid, I would swear. And my brother could get away with swearing, and you know the the basic. Well, he's a boy, so it's okay. But you're a young lady. Ladies don't cuss. That's basically what it came down to. And one day my mom said, what are you going to do when you have kids and your kids are swearing? And I look at my mom and I say, as long as they're doing it in the right context, I really don't care. And then, so our oldest, like he's very like quiet, mild mannered, never swore. He'd always be like, you know, watching his language. Then our middle child And one day he goes, and I'm going to say the S word, but oh shit. And I'm like, what? And cause like he dropped something or something, something happened, but he used it in the right context. And I actually was pretty proud. I'm like, Hey, you did it right. And when he swears, he uses it in the right context. So I can't get mad at it. So it's just funny that here my mom was trying to teach me a lesson and make me think like, how are you going to feel as a mom when your kids start swearing? And I got to say, ma feels pretty damn good. Jeez, because they do it the right way. <laughs> that, that I will say that he, he he gets pretty fired up when he plays his video games once in a while, and it's it can be comical. And I have to I have to tell him, hey buddy, watch your language, watch yeah. your language. But he uses it. But the he right always way. uses yeah. it correctly. Yes, can't get mad at it. <laughs> and it's not so much the language. I'm just trying to get him to calm down. I don't want yeah. him getting upset at a video game because yeah. it's not, not worth, worth it. It's not worth mm-hmm. getting upset about. No, absolutely. Anyway, I think on, that's a good place to end this week, this episode. Thank you as always, you. everybody, for spending your time with us, for listening. Hopefully, you get something out of it. If nothing else, hopefully, it just makes you look into things for yourself. And uh, to do some research. Yeah. I forgot to mention, I started to buy me a coffee for us for the for the Homewrecker podcast. You did? I did, and I totally forgot about it. I, you never even told me you did, so this is news I to did. me. I did. I did. I mentioned it to you. You did? 
Yeah. Well, well then I forgot all about it because this is, it feels like it's the first time I'm hearing it. And of course, I, I think it's look up Homewrecker Podcast. Look for Homewrecker Podcast for Buy Me a Coffee. So if you like what you hear, we don't make any money doing this. If we recommend a product, it's because we paid for it and we liked it and we want to share that with you. We make no money off of this show. So if you want to support us, help, you know, towards our website, towards Podbean, putting this out, throw us something our way at buy me a coffee and we would appreciate it. But you know, if you can't, that's okay too. We love you. Sure. Uh, great. I'll try to be more prepared with that information next time. We'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> wow. All right. So I guess we'll, we'll put that in the show notes too. Excellent. Good to know. Yeah. All right then. Wow. <laughs> I, I dare you to tell me these things. I, I, swear I did. And you said, okay. Uh, how long ago was this? Uh, like, few weeks ago i forgot to mention it on the last show too this is, this is not ringing any bells for um, me wow okay then on that note yeah we're so professional over here at the homebreaker podcast and you love us for that's it that's right yeah <laughs> on that note until next time i am the golden greek alex arion joined as always by my beautiful lovely gorgeous amazing wife the lovely monique and you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. We love hearing from and interacting with our hearers and watchers. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. At HomewreckerPod. You can also visit our website. HomewreckerPodcast.com. Where you can check out past episodes and pick up some Homewrecker Podcast gear from our online store. Also, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're hearing or watching our show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can check out the video versions of our show at YouTube and Brideon. You can also find Monique in a few places online as well. I'm on Twitter, at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. If you're interested in a tarot reading, organite, incense, candles, and other cool things, you can go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a free 20-minute consult. And follow me on Twitter, at Monique P-C-H-T. And Alex, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at TheAlexArion. And you can check out my website, AlexArionFitness.com. Com. And if that's too much to remember, we get it. That's why we put it all in our show notes. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we appreciate all of your support. We do. Thank you. We love you. Many people are unaware just how much hypnotherapy can help them or think it's only to help lose weight or quit smoking. But there is so much more hypnotherapy can do. It can help with stress, anxiety, insomnia, phobias, performance enhancement, connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. You can even discover past lives and your life between lives. Heal traumas, break habits, find your deepest truth, or just have fun discovering who you really are, all from the comfort of your home. I'm Monique Pliakis. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I want to help you. Schedule a free consult by going to www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. Innerstandings Hypnosis. Find your power and ignite your inner light.